Nation, Rob McGregor, welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Let me hit record. And we will start in three, two, one. Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob McGregor and Trish McGregor. And our producer and tech magician, John Posey. You can go to themysticalunderground.com where we make regular blog posts and where you can find out about our books. Among the nonfiction books are Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities, The Secrets of Spirit Communication, Sensing the Future, and Aliens in the Backyard. Our newest book is called The Shift, Reports from the Mystical Underground. Trisha's... Uh, latest novel is White Crows, and Rob's latest novel is called Tulpas. Our guest today is Philip Mary, the author of Nine Keys of Synchronicity, a book that grew out of his PhD research in synchronicity. He holds a PhD in that. <laughs> Dr. Mary is a British native who lives in Singapore. He has led workshops and leadership training for more than four decades and has addressed major world organizations in 61 countries, although I think it's 63 now, right, Philip? <laughs> 63 now. Yes, yeah. you're right. So, yeah. Philip is the only person with a grounded theory, PhD in synchronicity and leadership. We love talking with this guy. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Philip. Uh, he's good, too. I, no. You keep inviting me back, and I worry I'll run out of things to say, but I'm <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, I think... the uh, best network in the world. So, yeah, uh, you've been on uh, two or three times before. So I think this is the fourth time. Yeah, I think, you're, yeah. I think you're our most uh, regular guest. You can tell we love talking to you, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. At, what, at what point uh, <laughs> in your life did you decide that coincidence that were occurring in your life were more than simply coincidence? That, uh, what triggered that shift? Wow, straight into it, right, Rob? Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> Good morning. I was looking to warm up. At what point? That's, that's a great question. I've never been asked that before. But um, I really, I mean, I think I've been aware all of my life, Rob, that stuff happens to us. You know, and in reality, synchronicity, you know, I like to keep it simple. You want something. Your life needs something, and it turns up without you doing anything, or you can predict that it's going to come, and, and then it comes. So mm. I really consciously started discussing it and thinking about it and researching it 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. But once I did that, I was able to look back in my life, uh, and I realized that the first time it happened to me was when I was nine years old. Um, and so when when you kind of get interested in synchronicity, you begin to reevaluate many things that happen. And when I was nine years old, I was living in the west of England, 
And my my dad was a, a Christian minister, uh, and we used to move regularly. And it was the time of the year when we were due to move, and we used to get the marching orders right by letter. Mm-hmm. And so I I at that time, I remember I was in a geography class, and we looked at a book. I can even see the the picture now, a book with a picture of Huddersfield, which is a town in the north of England. And I said, I think we're going to move to Huddersfield. I wonder if we'll move to Huddersfield. <laughs> the following day, the, the, letter, the letter came, and the letter said, Dear Mr. Mary, uh, we're glad to tell you you're moving to Huddersfield. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, did but you so- mention that to your parents? About your feeling, no, I didn't actually. I think when I found, when I really did realize that Trish, they'd already passed. Oh, oh really? Yeah. 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 So, so to to me, I like to keep synchronicity simple. You know that there's a lot of new age stuff and new terminology which mm-hmm. really people don't understand in their day to day life. Yeah. To me, my focus is. There is this energy around us with which we can connect, and that energy contains answers to questions that we have in our lives, and it will bring to us sometimes the things that we're thinking about. So mm-hmm. I, I like to keep it that simple, Trish Rock, because I think that's really what it's all about. Don't make it too complicated. Otherwise, yeah. people think they need a PhD. Yeah, I agree. Right. Uh, you told us in one of uh, the other podcasts you were on uh, a story about uh, you needed fifteen thousand dollars. Can you repeat? Oh, that I love one, that please? story. That's that's a good. You want one. that one again? Okay. Yes, that's a great story. <laughs> well, I mean, there I was running my business in Singapore. I've been in Singapore for thirty-three years, uh, and I was looking at my financial records for the month. And I said to myself, I need $15,000 to close the books for this month. That was 10 minutes before four. Uh, I'm here in Singapore. Um, Four o'clock, the phone rang. uh, And it was uh, a colleague in Holland, Netherlands. And he said, Philip, we need to run a seminar uh, last minute in Beijing next week. Can you go? So I looked at my diary. Uh, I was able to go. And then Fons, my colleague, said, the other thing that you'll be glad about is good money. It's $15,000. Nice. So <laughs> 10 minutes before four, <clears throat> I need $15,000. Four o'clock, here's $15,000. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that is great. One. So many people so have asked that, me about I, that. I like, to, I, I like to make this, you know, th- that's what I'm saying. It's practical. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of people say I'm connected with my soul's purpose and my divine guidance and all the rest of it. I'm not against that. But synchronicity also brings us practical stuff. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so, so many people have said, ask Philip how he did that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Uh, well, I, mean, I, I do know. I do know. Um, for my PhD, I, I kind of was looking not just at stories. For my PhD... I interviewed people who'd had synchronicity happen to them and asked the simple question, what do you think facilitates synchronicity? Meaning what was going on that you think facilitated synchronicity? Uh, my, nine, my Nine Keys book, 
uh, gives nine keys that came from those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, as I say, I, I like it to be, if synchronicity isn't about helping and guiding in everyday things, your life, your relationships, your career, then what's it all about? Yeah. Uh, to, so to me, that's one of the fundamental things. Now, is that how you teach these leadership courses that you're doing? I begin with my, uh, it's called the Nine Keys Masterclass, Trish. I begin with asking people, have you ever had stuff happen to you that really gave you answers to questions? And everybody puts their hands up. Uh, Answers to questions without you doing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people put their hands up and begin to share stories because you have to set a climate at the beginning of any talk or training mm-hmm. that gets people comfortable to talk about these things mm-hmm. because often people are not comfortable, especially in a leadership situation, Trish. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one CEO I, I spoke to talked wax lyrical about how intuition and synchronicity helped him make his decisions. But he said, after I talked to him, he said, one thing you must promise me, don't tell my boss. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell my colleagues, don't tell my boss. Because they don't teach this stuff on your MBA. Mm. Uh, And I think that's why we're in an exciting time. And you, Trish and Rob, you've been the foremost people uh, in this for many years. You were there way before any of us. Um, but it's about helping people be able to accept to them, accept what happens to them day to day. And if you make it too spiritual and too connected to in a language that is not so accessible, mm-hmm. they clamor. So, so, so my role, uh, which is why I call my work Synchronicity solutions. Oh, I like that. Meaning, how do you get find solutions in your life through synchronicity? We need our brain. We need our logic. Uh, and leaders that I work with are happy to deal with logic, but not so happy to deal with this thing, which is heart, emotion, spirit, mm-hmm. whatever you want. Hmm. Um. Tell us about uh, Winston Churchill's unusual synchronicity. Okay. This is a good story. <laughs> I like this story. Uh, Winston Churchill, when he was a, uh, a student, uh, wanted to go to the next level academic uh, institution. Um, and in order to get accepted, one of the things that they needed to do was actually um, talk about particular countries. Uh, and he, I've forgotten the country now, Trish, you've, you've put me on the <laughs> Sorry. <screen. laughs> Too early in the morning. Um, yeah, really. He actually drew out of a hat um, New Zealand. Huh. I think this is the story. And then decided to talk more about... Uh, to study New Zealand. And then the following morning, when he went for the exam, New Zealand was the one that was drawn out of the hat. And so Hmm. he 
got all the answers right about New Zealand and was able to actually go to that academic institution, which was fundamentally responsible for him to get to a higher intellectual level. I think that's the story. I think I'm garbled that a little bit. <laughs> but, but it's I hard sometimes to remember the stuff you've written, you know. Especially at seven, seven in the yeah, morning. Yeah, at seven in the morning. Yeah. Well, Philip, uh, you were just talking <clears throat> a little bit earlier about how the CEO had used uh, intuition and synchronicity in his work, and he was kind of wary about uh, letting others know about it. So I, uh, before I met Trish, uh, I was... Uh, a journalist and work for newspapers, and uh, I would use synchronicity, or synchronicity would happen to me when I was reporting a story. I would, for example, I remember one time that I had two different stories I had to write, and one of them I had no idea where I was going to get a, uh, a second source because the editor always wanted a, a second second source, and so so I was working on the other story, and. In the uh, in the conversation, something came up where that person gave me the lead for the other story, and I was able to uh, able to get it uh, that way from from the other story. And but my editor, he, he would be he he was uh, he was awful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his name was Chuck, and uh, the reporters <laughs> quietly called him Up Chuck. <laughs> He's uh, dead now. <laughs> anyhow, uh, he he would he would see these things and want to know how how I, how I got that contact. And you know, I, I couldn't say it was uh, synchronicity, a coincidence. Uh, he, he would act like it was something I'd done something unethical. That how 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 I came up with that, you know. But so he he was always yeah. somewhat suspicious yeah. of me. Yeah, and I think that's a, a spot on story, Robert, because. We are all guided. You know, one of the areas which my work pertains to is decision-making in organizations and decision-makings in leadership. Um, I've not met anybody who doesn't say when they're making decisions, they have these promptings. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the level at which people are comfortable or not comfortable to follow the intuitions and follow the promptings uh, is the level at which they like to admit or don't talk about or, or talk about it. And, you know, the reality is you two know this better than anyone because you've been, I think, researching synchronicity longer than anybody in the world. Uh, in the world? Is... I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I've, a long I've, time, looked, but... I've, I've looked around. You've been writing about this stuff and popularizing this stuff I think longer than most people, which is why I, I love all the work that you do. Uh, and I think that we all know there are some people who are afraid to talk about the spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that famous phrase in polite conversation, keep sex and politics out of it and religion <laughs> as well. Um, some people are uncomfortable to talk about spirit. Right. Uh, so w that actually is there a lot um, with some organizations. But, but, but what I like to say is that the words are already in your vocabulary. Mm -hmm. So when I'm working with a team and some people are skeptical about this stuff, you know, keep that out of organization, uh -huh. it doesn't belong here, I'd say, okay, that's interesting. Tell me, 
do you use the word team spirit? <laughs> and they said, yeah, yeah, yes. We, we're all about, this is what we're doing here. We're building team spirit. I said, okay, right. <laughs> tell me what team means. Very easy. And they'll say, tell me what spirit means. And they say, oh, oh, I see what you mean. So, so, so there's stuff in our lives and stuff in our organizations that we're not quite clear about, mm -hmm. but it's becoming more and more important. I, I always say, if you take the word intuition, when you looked at leadership competencies 20 years ago, you would hardly ever uh -huh. see the word intuition. In today's world, for leadership assessments, qualities that are needed, intuition is there all the time. Mm -hmm. so, so we live in this great age where all, all of these issues and awarenesses are coming to the fore uh, and want to be, need to be talked about. Well, that's like, so, you know, so years ago. Editor, oh, go ahead. Go on, no, no, go well, ahead. I just would say, so Rob, when your editor um, wasn't comfortable, that's probably because they belong to a, a tradition of editors. And I used to work for Reuters, so I, I know I respect a lot about uh, journalists. They probably belong to a tradition that says keep emotion out of it. Right, Just use exactly, that. yeah. Mm -hmm. And actually that editor uh, ended up one day uh, giving me an assignment that uh, changed my life and uh, was a great synchronicity. And that was, he said, I want you to uh, contact uh, this program at Florida International University where mm. they are teaching English as a second language uh, uh, to uh, Cuba, Cuban refugees and find out if here's a couple years has passed since the Mario boat lift where like 150,000 or so Cubans came to South Florida uh, and, uh, and find out if they're if they're learning English or they're just harboring in uh, Little Havana, and so right, right. I, uh, I I made contact with uh, somebody there, and I, I uh, set up an interview and uh, sat in in a class, and uh, then uh, interviewed uh, the teacher, and uh, it, it was Trish. <laughs> oh, you were the teacher, Trish. Okay, I was. <laughs> she was the she was the teacher. And uh, oddly enough, afterward, after the interview, and uh, as we're you know wrapping it up, she just said out of the blue, "Do you know what synchronicity is? <laughs> Can you believe that?" <laughs> well, you know, that, that's why I say it, it's it's a great topic, and we don't know everything. Um, and and I I find it difficult when there are some people in the synchronicity world who say. This is absolutely precisely what it is because we don't yeah, know. That's not true. So yeah. Science is developing in such a space that in 10 years' time, it may disprove everything that we know. But I'm reminded, uh, Rob, of another story around journalism okay. uh, and, and career progression. Um, so I was working for a business school in the UK, mm -hmm. uh, and I said, I've done this for four years. I'd now, and I'm teaching teamwork and leadership. I'd now like to move into an organization, uh, and I'd like to move into an organization in Asia. I had this hmm. kind of sense of I want to go to, sort of sense, I mean, there's promptings. Who knows uh -huh. why I wanted to go to Asia? Um, <laughs> and so I applied for a job, job with the Hong Kong Bank in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. 
very excited. I thought I'd get this teaching leadership and teamwork. Um, they wrote back to me and said, Philip, you didn't get the job. And so I wrote and said, why? They said, you're too senior. Oh, God. So I'd, I'd got a fairly good position in the business school in the UK. And they said, this position is just for low-level supervisory training, uh, and you'd soon get bored. Hmm. Huh. Um, and I said, no, I won't. Just bring me. I'll come. I'll be there in Hong Kong. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Still, they said no. So pissed off, pissed off, I went on holiday to Greece. I remember that. Came back, and there was a telegram. Uh, and the telegram said, uh, Phil, this is Mr. Mary, not Phil, Mr. Mary, uh, this is Reuters, the international news agency, and we'd like to interview you for the job of leadership development in Asia based wow. in Hong Kong. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How'd they get the your one? name? I don't know to this day, Trish. I don't know. Wow. That's through incredible. Head, through a headhunter. Through a headhunter, they told yeah. me. Um, so you, and so, so you... I, I got to Hong Kong. Sorry, I got to the interview. Interview went well. I was offered the job. Huh. So I ended up in the country, Hong Kong, or this territory, Hong Kong, that I'd previously been rejected for, saying I want to go there. <laughs> uh, and I ended up in a job that was so way much better because the Hong Kong bank job would have been running training programs other people had uh -huh. designed. Whereas the Reuters job was setting up the whole of the leadership training wow. function. Uh, that is great. It was much more aligned to who I am. Now, none of us can put our hand on our heart and say, that's synchronicity. But I can say that's probably synchronicity yeah. because it's mysterious, we don't really know. But I think it was synchronicity because it ended up with <laughs> me a job that was much more closely aligned to my personality, mm -hmm. meaning I like creative and new things, than I actually would have been in um, the Hong Kong bank job. Bill, uh, did you, well, uh, well, I have yeah, a question. I have so, a question. Oh, John's got a question. Go ahead, John. All right. So, yeah. So, uh, so disembodied voice of yeah, uh, the voice of a gun. The voice of a gun. <laughs> hey, John. Hey, 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 Phil. Uh, I love having you on. And so, let me let me bring it all the way back down. Let let's. This is not a life altering decision uh, that happened, but Rob and I'd kind of gone back and forth on. Uh, Back in December of this year, I was in Philadelphia, not my hometown, by a long shot. And okay. I was watching Alabama, the University of Alabama, play the University of Georgia in the SEC championship game. At okay. halftime, um, well, you had a question? Or, 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 but, but at halftime, uh, game still, you know, the game is not decided by a long shot. And I was like, you know what? I need, I need something. I need a little something to drink, uh, to watch the second half of this game. <laughs> so, so I find, uh, I go on Yelp, find a package store and, uh, leave the hotel, go to the package store. I turn the corner or headed to the package store. I turned the corner <laughs> where the package store is located. Directly across the street from the package store is a bar 
called the white elephant and there is a elephant head busting through the uh that is that it is a fully <laughs> and and by the way the university of alabama's mascot is an elephant and <laughs> so, and so and so i turn the corner and there's this elephant head across the street from the package store i'm going to so i go to the package store get get my libations and I walk back out and walk across the street and I start taking pictures of it and I go back and, and, and at that point I'm like, we're going to win the game (laughs) (laughs) because I'm in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And, and there's an elephant head busting out of the wall. I love it. (laughs) So John, that's a great story. You see that and that, I love it because it takes synchronicity down to a basic level, right? right? Uh, In terms of stuff that you see that confirms what you think you want to be able to do. Mm -hmm. I another this is a fun. I always have fun with you two. What were you three? (laughs) We have fun with you too. I'm currently in conversation with a man worth six point seven billion dollars. My God. And and let me let me tell you about it. My hometown football team, Huddersfield, um, was recently last August bought by an American billionaire. Uh, and the American billionaire, I just love his style. He's he's close to the fans. He's not bought Huddersfield to be just a financial return for him. He cares about the club. He's seventy years old. He cares about the club. He goes to talk to fans. He invites fans for tea. And there's something I like about him because he's a great example of leadership, which is hands-on and listening to the ordinary people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just had this, I, listened, I saw an interview with him and I just had this thought, why don't I just write to him and say thank you? Because I really felt <laughs> grateful to him. And so I looked around and found what I thought was his email um, and I wrote to him and said, Kevin, because his Kevin, his name is Kevin Nagel, uh, uh, and he's actually the owner of some Sacramento football team that has done very well within the states. Um, and I said, Look, Kevin, I love the work that you're doing with my football team. Uh, I'm in the area of team development. If you need, I'm very happy to offer complimentary team building services if you're interested. That was it. Now, I'm prompt. So so I think we get prompted by our feelings. So as I'm Mm -hmm. watching this guy, his interview, he touches me with his human, compassionate, hands-on spirit. And so I said, let me write to him. Crazy, right? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Did he ever reply to me? Yes, he did reply to me. Wow. It was a short message, but he wrote back and said, "Um, glad to hear from you, Philip. Uh, sounds like a good offer. I'll keep you in mind. Huh. Yeah. That is cool. Now, is that synchronicity? I don't know. But but I think that what happens in our life is that we get promptings. Mm-hmm. We get a sense of, I think I need to do this. Right. Uh, and why does a 6.7 billion man have time <laughs> to reply to this guy yeah. in Singapore? He just happens to write a letter. Uh, so Maybe he knows the, about synchronicity. 
what kind of what kind of letter was it digital like uh an email email, or... email okay email, all right email, any, any and, and then he's good he's continued to write to me since then wow huh. that's good that is but, cool so, well that so... that's a pretty good story but i think your one about john denver is even better <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll tell the john denver story <laughs> I, I we love your stories you know, I worry that your listeners, listeners might be bored with it. So <laughs> there I was, there I was thinking about getting married to this gorgeous woman here in Singapore. God knows why I was thinking. Um, and I went to a, a seminar, a personal development seminar, where the songs of John Denver were played loud and clear. And they were beautiful songs, a lot about meaning in life, but a lot of them about love. And literally, they moved me to tears in terms of the, the emotions that they uh, you know, stimulated. And I ended that seminar saying, I got to ask this woman to marry me. She is the one because of listening to John Denver. And so Friday evening here in Singapore, I said, now, I'd like, I just felt, I want to say thank you to John Denver. So I, I kind of said, how do I do that? God knows. Uh, the following morning, Saturday morning, open the newspaper, John Denver in Singapore next week. <laughs> now, what are the chances? I mean, when, when synchronicity happens, when your response is, what are the chances? Mm -hmm. That's What are the odds? What are the odds? That's the other one, Trish. Yeah. So the indication of synchronicity is around. So a friend of mine on a Saturday morning, I was just chatting with her. She'd been on the seminar. And I said, you know, I'd really like to get a hold of John Denver. Thought nothing more about it. Saturday afternoon, um, I get a phone call. And the woman said, you don't know me, but I'm the sales manager at the hotel, um, Shangri-La Hotel here in Singapore. I believe you want to get a hold of John Denver. He's <laughs> staying at my hotel next week. Uh, if you send me a fax, then I'll see what I can do. I wrote a wow. fax, uh, sent it to her. She had the fax in her hand, and she said, now how do I get hold of John Denver? The lift opened, <laughs> elevator, there was John Denver. Wow. <laughs> Literally, as said, how do I get hold of John Denver? Delivered. <laughs> Denver, I have this letter from you for one of your fans. John Denver called me at home on the Sunday. Jeez. Friday evening, I want to say thank you to John Denver. 48 hours later, God. he called me at home. So I, 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 I take that as a, as a synchronicity. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I had to respond to it, but the woman from the hotel called me out of the blue and said, you want to get hold of John Denver? He's staying with us next week. Send me a letter. How did she know? <laughs> well, How because she... a, friend, a friend who I talked to in the morning oh, okay. had mentioned me uh -huh. to her. My, my friend in the morning was, was the sales manager for another hotel. Okay. And she happened to talk to her. I mean, yeah, that's an interesting question, Trish, but she must have been chatting to her friend. Right. And her friend mentioned it. Um, and then the rest is history. And my wife said yes. My future <laughs> wife said yes. Because a lot of people say, what happened? Well, I, on the Monday, I, I, I asked, and uh, we're still happily married.
Yeah. I just love that story. And and and, and not and not to beat the uh, the white <laughs> elephant in Philadelphia over the head, but uh, <laughs> but is that the difference when it has a direct impact on your life, mm-hmm. or, or that that that's some that's that rather than just uh, there's something that you didn't expect to see, and there it is, and it gives you some kind of feeling that things are going to work out the way that you're hoping, or does it require a a response, you know, a direct response? Is, is that the difference between a coincidence? It's a great, it's a great question. That is a good question. It's a great question, and I don't think we know the answer. Uh, but all I know, John, now after many years of looking at this, is to say, if it's something which is out of the blue, mm-hmm. and somehow it may be a direct answer to what it is you were wanting, or it may be something that tickles your fancy. You don't know why you're drawn to this thing, mm-hmm. but you know you're drawn to it. And maybe <laughs> later... Do you find out the reason why you're drawn to it? Uh, it can Johnny can either be something I think definitely that you know you want. So I, I began that personal development yeah. seminar knowing I wanted to make a decision about getting married. And the answer came. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had many synchronicities, John, that happened to me. And I think, why the heck did that happen? I don't know why. And then it only becomes apparent later on. What what it would so synchronicities happen to you, and then you think, why the heck did that happen? Well, that and, and, and 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 at the end of the day, I think it may be that I'm just drawn to Philadelphia. That is my new like adopted town. <laughs> so so maybe it is that Philadelphia Philadelphia was just trying to pull me in and says move here, John. Yeah, yeah. Then and. Uh, they 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 didn't they didn't have to do that to get me there, but yeah, but but John, yeah. John, you know the other the other connection. What are the what are the first four letters of my name? Uh, there you go. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, I love can, it. We, we, we could we could, Philadelphia. we could call you we could call you Philly. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> could call me Philadelphia Philadelphia Phil. No. So, so what what, I, what I'm saying, folks? What I, see? You get my drift here. Mm-hmm. I want to take synchronicity out of this mystical that you got to go and meditate for a year yeah. uh, and then it will come to you. All of these things are happening to us all the time. And it's a question of our head with logic. We can decide stuff or it's a question of intuition, synchronicity, heart, but we can also decide stuff. And and, and they're crazy, crazy things. I mean, the, the, one of the ones I, I love most is the story of Anthony Hopkins. Uh, I don't know if you remember that one, Trish. So, yeah, so yeah I think Hopkins. I do. Anthony Hopkins uh, was chosen to appear in a movie by George Fifa called The Girl from Petrova. And I'm just waiting right. for this. Yeah. And he wanted to get a copy of the book Girl from, Petro- Girl from Petrovka to find out about his character. Uh, Looked all over London, couldn't find one. <coughs> he went and sat on a park bench. <laughs> I love this story. Next to him in a package on the park bench was the package which, when he opened it, he found it was the girl from Petrovka. 
Isn't that incredible? I yeah. mean, that, the odds of that happening are so incredible. But the other incredible thing, Trish, was that in the book were all sorts of notes and annotations right. about the different people in the book. Uh -huh. And he used it to prepare to appear in, in the movie. Uh, and when he appeared in the movie, um, the writer of the book, said, so what do you know about the character? And he said, well, I've been actually looking at it uh, in the book because I've got this book with notes about the characters. The um, owner, the, sort of the, the writer of the book, said, where did you get that? <laughs> and it happened to be the writer's own copy yep. that she lost. You kind of love it. <laughs> George, George, George Pfeiffer was his name. He said, that's my book. And so Anthony Hopkins <laughs> was able to return the book to its rightful owner. Now, isn't that an amazing uh, That's story? just a great story. That's a, that's a good one. What are that the really is. Yeah. Now, Philip, okay, do you tell these kind of stories when you do your, your conferences? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, because you've got to – I don't take I – mean, it's crazy to say. I mean, I've got a PhD in leadership and synchronicity, but I don't take – primarily at the beginning, an academic uh -huh. approach. I let people tell their stories, but I stimulate them by telling the stories right. that we've just this, this morning. Because my, my basic aim here, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 75 this year. I, I, I feel I'm on the next stage of my life, and the next stage of my life is to share the thinking behind synchronicity mm. with as many people as possible. Yes, I want it for my own success, but my primary reason is that I say to people, all around you are answers to questions that you have. And there is this thing called synchronicity. And, and you know, literally, you guys tell a lot of stories, which, which is why I like um, talking to you. The reason synchronicity exists and continues to be considered is because there are stories mm -hmm. like the one about Anthony Hopkins. That's an right. amazing story. There is no explanation about how that can happen <laughs> that makes much sense <laughs> until... Like, yeah, there's no <laughs> logical <laughs> explanation to it. <laughs> well, no, there, there is and there isn't. I mean, it's the, the one that I like to think of, Rob, as, as I've shared before, is I think somehow it's related to quantum mechanics. I do too. Quantum uh, okay. mechanics is the way that the world is organized. Most physicists now agree on that. Um, although some physicists say it doesn't apply to the large world, only to the small world. Oh. But most physicists <laughs> will say that we are, unlike Newton, who said that we are matter mm -hmm. and we are separate from each other, quantum physics says that we are energy and we are connected to each other. Yeah. So exactly. a lot of scientists don't like people saying that quantum physics explains synchronicity. But it but does. Until a, better, <laughs> until a better explanation comes up. If we are energetically connected as human beings, and we are energy, not matter, or more energy than we are matter, that's a great explanation of yeah. how synchronicity happens. I'm going with and, that one until somebody comes up with a better one. And Anthony Hopkins had a need. You know, he was he wanted more information on the characters. Now, and it's interesting, Trish, although I've said it's not just about spirit, mm -hmm. I do notice that people who are spiritually inclined 
and open to, you know, uh-huh. the mystery in the world. And Anthony Hopkins was definitely one of those. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins lately has been producing great statements and talks about the spiritual nature of life. So hmm. to me, yeah. it's, it's, it's all there. What, what happened to me recently, Trish, which I'm still struggling with. So, so let me share. Are you okay if I share another story? Sure, definitely. Yeah. We love which your I stories. Have, which I don't have an answer to. Um, now, I have a, a lovely um, great nephew. He's my wife's niece's son. I don't know what that makes him to me, but he, he's a great, great, wonderful boy, and I love him dearly. Um, in Singapore, we have a marshy wetland area, and in that wetland area, we have crocodiles. Hmm. Not many people know this about Singapore. We have crocodiles. And I went there. I love going to Singapore's green spaces. And there is a crocodile in that area called Tailless. So it's a 12-foot crocodile who got into a fight with another crocodile who bit his tail off. My God. <laughs> it's called Tailless. So I, I, I told uh, my nep- my great-nephew about this. He said, I want to see him, I want to see him, I want to see him. And so finally, two weeks ago, I got to take him to this area. We looked all over. We couldn't find to find tailless. <laughs> and so as we're walking back to the parking area, I passed by two or three people in a group. And they were saying, yeah, we've just seen tailless. He's over there. I said, oh, you found tailless? Where is he? <laughs> And the woman said to me, well, he's on the bridge and back over that side of the bridge. And then suddenly her husband looked at me and said, Philip. <laughs> That's weird. Oh, I looked at this guy, could not for the life of me remember him. But two days before, I'd been at a seminar and he was at the dinner table. I never spoke to him, but I gave people my card. He was at the same <laughs> table for dinner. Huh. Now, he he recognized me. He said, ah, and then he explained like, uh, who he was, and that was fine. So we went on our way. Uh, looking for tailless. <laughs> looking for tailless. And then his wife came rushing to us again and said, he's here, he's here, follow me. So we <laughs> followed her. There was tailless. <laughs> now, strange things, right? Then as we are driving out of the car park, I saw this couple, and they were walking out of their car park. I thought they'd got a car. But as I drove away, I had this flash of intuition which says, turn round and see if you can give them a lift. Huh. So I turned around and got to where they were. They were at the bus stop, obviously waiting for a bus. I said, can I give you a lift? <laughs> and they said, yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Um, we get into the car and I, I said, so where do you live in Singapore? Uh, and he said, oh, we, we live for uh, Boki, which is an area near the river. Uh, I said, oh, whereabouts? And they said, we live in Riverwalk Apartments, which is exactly where I live. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, view, the view that you see in the background here is the view from Riverwalk Apartments. Now, there's only one residential area around. Every other area that you see in this picture is not residential. Uh-huh. And so clearly these are unusual things. Uh, I saw, we, we hadn't seen Tailless the Crocodile. 
she said, is Taylor the crocodile? And then I say, intuitively, let me go. I turn my car around to go collect them. Turns out they live in the same place as me. So as a result yeah, of meeting so them, weird. we found Taylor and my uh, my <laughs> nephew was very happy. But I st- it's clearly unusual, but I haven't, Trish, yet worked out what this was all about. Yeah, that's a good question. Boy, yeah. that's a powerful one, though. That they end up living. I mean, okay, how big is this apartment building? How, how many? How big is your apartment building? Is it hundreds of? It's 26, 26 stories with four apartments on each story. So okay, about so a lot of and and then they'd be they've been there for two years. I've been there for thirty three years. But <laughs> you could have knocked me over with a feather when he suddenly said, "And remember, I'm kind of now feeling this intuition that uh-huh. turn around like them." Now, why did I do that? God knows. Uh, but then when I said to him, so where do you live? Oh, we, we live in uh, uh, Oki. I said, where? Riverwalk, you probably never heard of it. I said, I live there. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, I- wow. So, so all, all, I, all I'm saying is life is exciting and interesting, which is why I love the novels that both of you write, because it kind of puts synchronicity into stories. Um, well, I think the meaning of that is that you know, we are all interconnected. And yeah. so you meet We're this person all interconnected and, and it, just, it, it just reinforces that concept of yeah. uh, of the the interconnection of everyone. That's, so a, tr- that's a good point, Rob. That's, that, yeah. that's a good point. Uh, and it, to me, one of the fundamentals of, of synchronicity is collective mm-hmm. unconscious, as Jung yeah. said, yeah. is that a quantum entanglement says we are all connected. So, so yeah, may, maybe that's just a way now, uh, Rob, of me just rejoicing that right. we are all interconnected and, and that it might become clearer what my connection with these two is further down the road. Yeah. And it's weird yeah. that it was all connected through a tailless crocodile. <laughs> that's yeah, I mean, that's interesting about that. Yeah. Uh, the visual creature, yeah. So, Trish, don't you have some story about your sister going to Singapore and planning to meet... Uh, yeah, you know, she was. I, I had written you, Philip, before my sister yeah, and her husband yeah, were going to come yeah. to Singapore, and I was hoping the two of you could meet. And well, we before, tried. We tried to meet. We tried I know. to meet, but it just turned out they didn't have time. Yeah, they were visiting uh, Neil's uh, son and kids. But uh, what's interesting is that after she passed away, which was in June of this year, um, I texted you, or I, I guess I emailed you and yeah. told you that she had you passed. Emailed it, yeah. and, to, and I mentioned that it was from strep. And yeah. at the time, you were sick. And as I described her symptoms, you realized that you might have strep, so you went back to the doctor, right? Well, well, step up a little bit, Trish. Obviously, you know, you've been through this, and I'm so sorry for your sister's passing. But when you said to me it was strep, I'd got this really bad throat thing, which I couldn't uh-huh. get rid of. And I thought, oh, God, this is maybe more serious than I thought. And I wasn't planning to go to the doctor. I was just waiting right. for it to pass. But when you mentioned about your sister, then I went to the doctor. And the doctor said, yeah, this, this can be serious stuff. And as a result of that, I took the antibiotics necessary uh-huh. to get rid of it. So I kind so of that- feel like... That was my sister's yeah. 
way of saying because one of the things that I remember you said to her, we will meet again or our lives will cross <laughs> I did. again. I did. Yeah. I did. And it did. And, uh, that was kind of it. I mean, yeah. You see, uh, and this is see a lot of people who say, Are oh, you that's just, you know, wishful thinking, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> It all happens too much. Yes, it does. It's not to have some significance. And yeah. so I'll be ever forever grateful to your to your sister and your message because who knows what might have happened. Right. I've not got the antibiotics to get, you know, rid and you've of been sick for a while, like for a week. I'd been sick it? for two weeks. Uh -huh. and it was it was kind of lingering. And so who who knows? And so I could what it basically says to me is that somewhere, somehow, there is a supportive energy mm -hmm. in the world that has our back. Yep. And, and I, agree. You know, I can't put my hand on my heart and say that's absolutely true. Um, but if we are all connected, if there is something called collective unconscious, if quantum entanglement actually does describe the reality of who we are. <clears throat> it means that we as human beings are 99% energy and not physical matter. Uh -huh. And if quantum entanglement leads us to know that this energy connects us, then to me that, that sounds like a, a great way of thinking about how we actually can live our lives. And yeah. so, so that that's where I like to come from because once you get into too much esoteric spiritual new age stuff, a lot of people just turn off. Yeah, that's true. And mm -hmm. and, and that's not what we want. Yeah. Well, so, you know, it's funny when Rob and I first started writing about synchronicity back in the two thousand whatever it was. We used to go to the dog park with the dog we had then, and I would say to random people, "Hey, do you know what synchronicity is?" And people would kind of give me a look like, "Huh." You know, and then I'd say, well, you know, it's like meaningful coincidence. Oh, yeah. But now, if I ask people, this is 10, 15 years later, I ask people, do you know what synchronicity is? Oh, sure. You know, so so also people's ideas and their evolution yeah. within themselves yeah. has changed. Yeah. Actually, I, well, where, I, where I'm fascinated with it is obviously there's a lot written about individual lives, <laughs> uh, but it's kind of avoided in the organizational space uh -huh. uh, my my thinking is that if it happens to us individually and we know that then when we go to work it doesn't get switched off uh -huh. so i'm now my, my next book is called team synchronicity um and Ooh, when's that I, coming out when i've written it okay. <laughs> <laughs> and i know i'm dealing with i'm dealing with two great writers here but I mean, I've got a lot of it done. I mean, literally, um, the nine keys explains how it happens on an individual basis. Mm -hmm. But what I've done with the team version, Trish, I've now got seven factors oh, cool. which actually um, describe how it may happen in teams. Oh, neat. Uh, yeah. ah. So, uh, Philip, uh, Trish, Trish mentioned saying that uh, when we started writing about synchronicity, she said the 2000s. But actually, uh, we started writing <laughs> uh, uh, about synchronicity in like 1985, shortly after, wow. or 83, 83 or 4. We when got we, married in 83. Right, after we first met, 
uh, we tried to write a book about synchronicity, but we just didn't have enough uh, experience and uh, enough knowledge uh, to write about it. Uh, so it, then it it happened that it was, I think, 2004 when we wrote uh, mm -hmm. Seven uh, uh, Secrets of Synchronicity. So we had it in our mind right away, and we're going to write this book. And I was thinking, well, if this book doesn't sell, you know, I'll have to get another job. But no, <laughs> I, I never did. We just kept we just kept writing more stuff. <laughs> and this is, this uh, is the one, right? That's it, yes. right? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's. I have one. in front of me. I have in front of me seventy books on synchronicity and related topics, and yours is, you know, one of the best. And what, what I love Thank about you. you is that you don't just do it once. You've consistently <laughs> yeah. gone ahead, Lord, yeah. in all sorts of ways. So right. I, I, I think it's, it, it, to me, it keeps life exciting. It keeps us really thinking about there are ways of answering our issues. And, and, and one of the things, um, Lisa, you mentioned, Lisa, sorry, Trish. <laughs> That's uh, okay. You, I'll be Lisa. I, I, know saying, <laughs> I know why I'm saying Lisa. You, you'd mentioned one of the questions you sent to me, and thank you for your questions. Nobody, I appear on a lot of um, uh, podcasts, but nobody does it as thoroughly as you by sending me questions before. It's so great. Um, question six you sent me, Trish. It seems that our own synchronicities are often more meaningful for us than anybody else might think. Do you think all synchronicities are subjective? Now, I have a story. Um, all right. And, uh, this is the story that was uh, repeated by our good friend Bernie. Uh, Bernie Bateman, uh, uh, great, great researcher and, and great um, pioneer in, in this area. Uh, and he told my story on one of his podcasts um, because I'd been listening to Bernie's story um, about a woman called Lisa Miller who appeared mm -hmm. on his podcast, and it was all about getting pregnant. Huh. She used synchronicity. And it's a fantastic story. Now, that happened on a Monday. I watched this on a Monday. Um, and it really hit me to such a powerful story. And I found Lisa's email. I wrote to her and said, Lisa, thank you. Your story was very inspiring and very moving. So it stayed with me. Uh, now, Tuesday, I'm appearing on a podcast in the States uh, on a show which is for facilitators and so i do my seven keys of synchronicity and give that for an hour and then afterwards uh, i talk to the management team and there were seven people uh, in the room where the podcast was taking place and there was a couple sitting on the sofa clearly in love and so when it came to any questions i said that to them i didn't wait for them to ask me questions Mm -hmm. I actually said to the couple, I said, you two look very much in love and very happy with each other. Why was I drawn to them? I don't know. Uh, and I said, do you have any questions? And the guy said, well, we've got a crazy question and it's probably nothing to do with synchronicity, but we're trying to get pregnant. Do you know how synchronicity <laughs> might relate to getting pregnant? That's great. Now, the day before... I got this fantastic story uh, from Bernie's podcast mm -hmm. about getting pregnant. Never heard that before. Moved me. 24 hours later, I know the reason why it moved me. 
because I'm able to say to this couple, uh, I've got just the person for you. Uh, and they have since been in correspondence. Uh, Listen. She's helped them with the whole issue. Oh, that's uh, great. Now, so when you say our synchronicity is just for ourselves um, and they're all subjective, I don't think so. No, I don't either. Because well, the, we we can be conduits uh -huh. yeah. for synchronicity yeah. to come to other people. Yeah, Philip, with that uh, story that you just told, would that relate to your uh, the one of the your nine keys, uh, uh, the heart brain coherence? Would that uh, fit with well, the heart? It, it, it does, but one key is key number four, Rob. Key number five, mm -hmm. which is servant citizenship. Okay, uh -huh. yeah. So when, when is is synchronicity all to do with us? No, we can we be are conduits for other people, right. as I click was in in this case. Mm -hmm. But but the the brain heart coherence, Rob, may may be linked to it, and we we've kind of talked about it already. But when synchronicities happen, and this is related to one of your other questions, uh, number uh, number five, yeah, one of your nine keys is set intention with heart brain coherence. Can you explain that? So, as much as we know. A lot of people, and especially uh, Joe Dispenza talks about this, uh -huh. Dr. Joe Dispenza, the, the great um, spiritual thought leader, um, says that intention is set with the brain, meaning get very clear on what it is that you want. Right. And that's to do with the brain. Then imagine that you are achieving what it is that you want to achieve and feel it with the full extent of your heart's feeling. Mm -hmm. So your brain has got the thought and the intention, your heart has got the feeling, and when both of those are strong, so what I say to people is when you're looking for something, when you want something, write it down so you're very clear about what it is, and then feel it. And so if our heart and our head are both in alignment or in coherence, as I say here, that can attract synchronicities to you. That's yeah, interesting. That that's good. Yeah. So I have another question. A lot of these questions we've already asked you in other uh, <laughs> interviews, but this is one that we have never asked you. So, okay. uh, I'm, and I'm curious about this. How did you get into leadership training in the first place? Uh, you started in England, I understand. How old were you? And whatever uh got you into the idea that you could teach people about leadership god knows um, <laughs> i love it i was i was a family therapist so in 1972 i started work after university training to be a family and far, uh, uh, and marital therapist in london um and then after 8 9 years i said it's time to leave. Now, I was, being, I was offered jobs in local government, in the social services and health services uh, to be a supervisor. And I, I didn't want that. It didn't feel right. Um, and I had this inkling that I wanted to go to Asia. Hmm. Um, and so I applied for two jobs. Applied to the Peace Corps. Equivalent of the Peace Corps in the UK is called VSO, Voluntary Service Overseas. Mm -hmm. 
I applied to them and they offered me two jobs. So I, I'm giving you an answer, which is very hit and miss, Rob, but <laughs> just emerged. So the two jobs they offered me, one was in Papua New Guinea. Wow. Uh, one was in Sri Lanka. And the job in Sri Lanka was teaching leadership to the youth ministry officers. So because I'd been working with teenagers in family therapy in London, and I'd been supervising some students who were developing, so they thought that meant I might be good at leadership. And so I... And you they put my, right. <laughs> I, well, I put my name forward, and, and they accepted me. Wow, yeah, that's, that's great. That's so a cool story. That's, that's, so in 1980, when I went to Sri Lanka, I was suddenly, from being a family therapist in London... I was suddenly now director of the Leadership Training Institute. In <laughs> Great <Lanka>. story. <laughs> Developing yeah. leadership and training programs. I loved it. Then when I was there, I obviously got to know different people in different organizations. And all of the expatriates used to say, you know, when I said, how long are you here for? They said, well, I'm supposed to be here for a year. And during that time, train a Sri Lankan to take over as leader in my in my post, but I can't find any Sri Lankans who are good at leadership. <laughs> now, obviously, that's nonsense because Sri Lanka's got great leaders. Yeah. Uh, and so, at that point, I can precisely remember, Rob. I said, "This is my life vocation. Huh. I'm yeah. interested in culture. I'm interested in leadership. And when you're into intercultural leadership and teamwork, then you are into listening and understanding different cultures. So." Literally, that was 1981. Went back to the UK, got a job as a leader in a leadership training institute, and then literally have been doing that ever since. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, so, that's a cool story. That's great. Yeah. So uh, we're coming to the end of our hour, but I, I want to ask you one more question here. If <laughs> that billionaire gets back to you and wants you to teach leadership training to football players, how do you do that? Well, I've I mean, no idea. <laughs> I've no idea. But, but what I do know, listen, I was attracted to this guy, Kevin Nagel. If anybody's interested, he's actually owns the Sacramento football team and did great things with Sacramento football team. Took them to the next division. So you're talking uh, about soccer? Would you? You're talking about soccer in the states, right? No, I won't disgrace the name of football by calling it. <laughs> yeah, but non-American <laughs> football. <laughs> not, yeah, non-American. <laughs> yeah, it's soccer. You know, yeah, you know it's soccer. In, the, you know it's in, soccer. in, in America, it's soccer. soccer. Yeah, yeah, I know. But the, the, like he, America steals most things and changes it. So it's, <laughs> it's football. Um, <laughs> listen, I was just attracted to this guy because. He just bought my team and his story. By, by the way, go and look on YouTube for stories of how he bought Huddersfield. Okay. So uh -huh. just search Kevin Nagel, N-A-G-L-E, Huddersfield Town. And his story of how he bought Huddersfield is synchronicity by itself. It was all huh. the quickest buy ever. And he's such a fantastic person. He, he really, you know, how, whenever do you see an owner of a football club regularly coming to the team, which is yeah. in another country, and having tea with the fans. <laughs> That's great. And when you listen when you listen to him, he's such a smart guy, but so compassionate and so empathetic. 
And so yeah. it's all began, Rob, with me just being attracted to this guy who's doing so many good things for my football team. Uh, and I've been, you know, supporting them for 50 years. And so I was just driven to say, number one, thank you, Kevin, for helping my team. Number two, I will give you free of charge any team services if you're ever interested. That's great. And all well, I was doing, all I was doing was following my intuition. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, and he wrote back and said, and it wasn't long, but I mean, a guy, you know, who's as busy as he is, well, what time does he have to answer people like me? So, so the time. fact that he answered, the fact that he answers already tells me and confirms what a great guy he is. Uh -huh. He just wrote and said, um, dear Philip, thank you for your mail. Um, it's a great offer and I'll keep it in mind. Yeah, yeah. that's great. That's and then okay. he turned to be sick about one or two other things. And I have a question. When are you going to teach your leadership stuff online so I can come to your class? <laughs> uh, not doing that yet. And, okay. uh, but yeah, okay. But, but I'm looking at it and, and I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I think I'm going to do more of it, uh, Trish, when my team synchronicity book is written. Book is out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But, but, but sure, we'll do that. But you're welcome okay. to Singapore anytime. And if you invite me, if you get a seminar going in the States, I'll come to the States and teach you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, that'd be great. Well, and, um, and, and, and real quick before we close it out, uh, American football, American football, <laughs> uh, I, have to, I have to screen share uh, this just so folks can understand that this ah, my god <laughs> that is what i saw wow <laughs> so now the uh 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 wall across the street uh it, at the halftime that's from my alabama, wow, alabama georgia i'm just saying i'm just saying uh it made me feel good i thought we were gonna i, I really uh thought we were going to uh win that game after i saw that <laughs> so. just just a quick response to that john yep. No, we like to talk about synchronicity and its deepness and meaningfulness and all the rest of it. I find that synchronicity turns up, just like John has uh -huh. shown, in very simple little things. You're thinking of something, you look out, and there it right. is. Yeah. Uh, so that that speaks to this connection uh, that we have. Great, um, great uh, uh, image there, John. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. All right. Yeah. Now, Philip. Tell everybody where, where they can find you, your website, all the good stuff, your book. philipmary.com. Okay. And the nine keys of synchronicity. One, one L in Philip. One L in Philip. Um, and philipmary.com. You'll find the section of the, my website deals with nine keys of synchronicity. Um, go there. Write to me. Happy to hear from you. Okay. And all of us happy. You know, isn't it amazing, Trish Rupp? We have so much fun. I, I love to. I do. <laughs> but even though this is the fourth time I have appeared, we have new stuff. Yeah. I know we do. We always do. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it would be great for us, Rob, to hold a seminar and have Philip as our guest speaker. <laughs> <laughs> you want to invite me? I will come. Okay. Just have Thank to you, figure Philip. out the, the particulars. Okay. <laughs> enjoy right. your evening. I'll enjoy the rest of my day here. Thanks in so much, Philip. It's always great, a great to talk to you as always. And listen to both of you. Thank you for your great contribution to this field. You keep on giving with all sorts of stuff. Your website is amazing. And I just want to say thank you for thank all you. you've done for me. Okay.
Thank you. Okay. We love you. Go. Thank you. Thanks for joining the Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical.